Sunday Golds, Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you here as we're celebrating because Florida State just won its second top 20 series of the season against the state of Virginia. I think the Knowles uh, must love the, uh, they call it the state for lovers, and I think Florida State loves playing Virginia and Virginia Tech. And uh, the Knowles went up to Blacksburg this time, knocked off the Hokies. It was 6-4 to four on Friday. Knowles fell on Saturday 5 nothing, And then on Sunday, the Bats broke out in a big way, 14-7. to seven. FSU comes home victorious 2-3 of three against VT. And, Brett, that was a Hokies team that coming in had not lost a series all year. They were kind of the darlings of the ACC, at least early part of the season, because they win a series at Miami in Coral Gables. Then they knocked off UNC um, and people were really starting to buy um, the, the Hokies. And Florida State went in, maybe kind of, you know, I don't know, licking their wounds a little bit from the Pitt series. They, they had a nice series against Virginia. Um, but a lot of question marks. And, Brad, I think Florida State answered uh, a lot of those questions. Yeah, and it's just the good response from Florida State the last day. Good energy all weekend, I thought. Um, you know, hit pretty well for the majority of the weekend besides the clunker in game two. But, uh, you know, a lot of positives to take away from this weekend. Um, you know, not a ton of negatives, really. Yeah, just a lot of things that we wanted to see happen. And Florida State really put a team away, you know, punch a team in the mouth and um, gets to travel home happy for once. And, um, you know, a Sunday win finally to leave a good taste in the mouth. You know, I think you and I had talked, you know, before we hit record on the win Friday night. You go to VT and you're down early, 3-0. You get to the, you know, top of the sixth inning and um, maybe it's ho-hum, right? Like you're thinking, well, I guess we all kind of thought, the Seminoles might not be able to handle the road. Um, and wow, they turned it on. And I'll be honest, folks, I, I actually didn't get a chance to watch the first two games. Um, I was able to see some highlights and um, thanks to, you know, FSU baseball for, for putting it on their Twitter so that we could keep up with them. Um, but Brett, you were tuned in, locked in from Greensboro, where you were pulling double duty covering the ACC tournament as well. And you were pretty excited um, about the way Florida State played in that game. You actually told me that you thought this was maybe the most impressive and most important victory FSU has had since LSU in 2019. Um, share your thoughts on on that reasoning and your rationale because the Noles come back and they score six runs in the final four at-bats on their way to a big road victory in front of, I think, what, like a 1,000 fans? Yeah, I just thought it was the way that it was done in the environment it was done in. Um, I thought it was the most important, Florida, important win Florida State's had since um, winning in the Baton Rouge on the road there. Um, you know, I know Florida State went and took that game from Florida last year, but just, and you know, it's early in the season too, but Florida State really needed that win. Um, you know, it's an ACC game, which makes it more important to begin with, in my opinion, even though it's a rivalry game against Florida. But, um, you know, coming back and, you know, responding the way they did in the environment they did, um, you know, timely hits. I thought the pitching was, was good. Um, you know, defense was good besides really the first inning. Um, so I just thought that the way they did that, um, the environment they did it in, uh, it's a good Virginia Tech team, a team that's really feeling themselves, a team that is, is, riding, is riding a hot streak, really. Um, so I think to go in there, win that game one, you know, we had said that they really needed to take game, game one to um, get some momentum going, and they did that, and then they, they really rode it out to the end of the weekend, too. So just the importance of it was, was in the way they did it. Uh, yeah, I don't think it could have gotten much better for Florida State there. What was your reaction when Logan Lacey pinch hit a uh, home run to give Florida State the lead there in the, was it the top of the eighth? Yeah. Uh, the, my hotel room had to get put back together a bit after that. <laughs> you know, seeing, seeing um, Meat go there and, and keep doing what he's been doing, pinch hitting wise, and, um, you know, the matchup and needing to put the ball in play there with a runner on third and one out. And for Lacey to do that on a one strike, I mean, a two strike count. And that was his first at-bat back since he hurt his hand. Um, yeah, that was, that was really good to see um, all around, uh, coaching, playing, executing. Um, you know, Matt Nelson has that leadoff double. Um, you know, that was Nelly's first game back. That was a huge positive of the weekend, him playing, um, you know, him being healthy, um, you know, him making an impact and being the leader that Florida State needs him to be. Um, all that was really good to see in that eighth inning. Yeah, let's stay on the bats uh, in that game. The Knowles get nine hits. Uh, really nice to see Robbie Martin get a pair. And, and you know what we talked about against Virginia? You started to see him 
kind of simplify his approach and go the other way with it. It was vintage Robbie Martin. This weekend at Virginia Tech, he took another major step forward um, to coming back to being RobbieRakes.com. He goes two for five with a couple of RBIs. Um, we mentioned what Logan Lacey did. Reese Albert had a home run. Uh, man, he hit he hit the crap out of that. Um, and it must have felt good for him to kind of hit one, you know, to right that wasn't over the the uh, fence at, at Hauser. Um, he, gets his, he gets a big base hit. Uh, the Knowles got a, a nice day out of Matt Nelson as well. These are some of the names, though. If you listen to our preview, we said you gotta have to have some going. consistency from right, and it's good to see FSU start to find uh, at least some of the veterans are starting to come through. Yeah, and um, you know, not only did Robbie have those two hits, but both those hits came in big moments too. Um, I believe they are both the opposite way. I mean, you know, gets them on the board in the sixth inning, has a insurance run in the ninth inning. Um, Ryan Romano sees his first action as a Seminole coming off his injury. Um, he has an insurance run hit and a walk. Um, you know, Reese's homer was, you know, taking advantage of a, of a good count for a hitter um, and doing damage. That's what Florida State's got to do um, going forward. Not just get themselves in, cap- in favorable counts, but, um, you know, execute on it as well and do some damage. Um, you know, and Florida State really did do damage this weekend, which is really good to see. Um, you know, like, like we talked about, Nelly gets them going with a bunt single early on that he executes. Uh, just a veteran move. Um, so it was really good to see those guys start to come through. Um, I think it's, it's really going to bode well for the rest of the season for Florida State. And another one of the themes that I do want to touch on is Florida State did strike out 15 times on Friday. But you've been saying it, especially you, Brett, you've been saying this team will strike out, but that that could be okay. And the reason is they're going to hit for power. Um, and we'll talk about the pitching in a minute because that's really what impressed me for most of the weekend um, on top of the bats coming through in, in certain situations. But, Brett, this team – hit some home runs this weekend. They're going to strike out, but on Friday especially, they got the big hits when they needed them. Um, what do you make of the, you know, just two walks to 15 strikeouts, but being able to find a way to still win ball games? Yeah, the, well, the walks were worrisome for me this um, on that day, at least, and the next day just didn't seem like they were working accounts very much. But I think some of that is them trying to be more aggressive and, um, you know, not get behind the counts and um, start to do more damage. Um, the home runs, I think that was Florida State's first homer in four games or three games. Um, when I think it was Reese that hit the first one of the day, um, you know, Lacey hits that one. But, you know, Florida State, like I said, is going to strike out. But when they do get these extra base hits and they do, um, you know, start to get the timely hits, it's really not going to matter. You'll be able to win close games with the pitching Florida State has. Um, you know, one other name I'll mention from that game was Jackson Green had a nice game. Um, you know, he was one for three, but, you know, he also had a, a really nice dive and catch in the outfield that kind of started to give Florida State a momentum. You know, they had a really nice um, – defensive inning in the fifth inning bottom half and you know they score after that um, and then they start to chip chip away so it was really good to see some of those guys start to play a little better start to um, you know just get some confidence it looked like um, you know I think all of this is really gonna set Florida State in a, in a good direction now all right so let's talk about the pitching on that day um, and really the theme throughout the weekend again you're starting your starting three, your weekend rotation, gave you a chance in all three of the games. I think that's all you can ask for. Parker Messick, maybe not his best stuff, but five innings, um, only gave up five hits and two earned runs. Uh, three were, you know, three overall runs, two earned, uh, two walks, seven strikeouts. He battled 91 pitches. And the reason I want to bring up Parker in the bullpen, who also I thought had a really nice afternoon, they gave FSU a chance. I mean, you're still in the ball game at just down 3-0 in the you know later innings of this game, and that's the theme for Florida State, right? Like when FSU is competing at a nationally ranked level, it's because the pitching staff's keeping you in it, and we've talked about it really all off season, um, leading up to the preseason, and and really talking about it after the first couple of weeks. This pitching staff has a chance to be special, and they kept Florida State in it on Friday, gave the bats a chance to do what they needed to do to win this ball game. Yeah, I thought Parker um, just early struggled to get his fastball down, which kind of let um, Virginia Tech just sit on his off speed and, and do what they could against against those pitches. Uh, but he really settled down um, and he limited the damage, which was, which was really important. Um, you know, I thought the home run in first inning he gave up was actually a good pitch, just better hitting. Um, not much you can do about that. Um, you know, gives up another unearned run in the first, but in fourth inning he gets in another jam and only gives up one. That was big um, for Florida State just to stay in it and for the offense to have a chance. Um, you know, this Virginia Tech team is one of the better offenses Florida State's going to face all year. I think it's one of the top three or four, maybe five in the, in the ACC. Um, you know, they got the top four in their lineup is as good as it gets. Um, veteran, not veteran guys, but guys that have, have done damage so far this year, guys that are confidence, hit, confident hitters right now. 
Uh, and so for Florida State to limit the damage, um, I thought Jack Anderson was really good that day. Um, started to find his slider. Got a lot of ugly swings. Uh, you know, gave up two hits. One of those was a blooper um, that extended that uh, seventh inning, I believe. Uh, Jonas Calaro gets one batter. He strikes him out, does his job. I thought Hunter Perdue was, was good. I thought he was solid. Gave up three hits, but I thought two of them were just kind of C&I ground balls that not much you can do about, you know, choppers on that turf that just get, get over the infield. Um, you know, and then Davis Hare comes in and he shuts the door. That was really good to see. You know, gets a strikeout when he needs it and then gets a fly out to end it. Um, you know, guys just stepping up and doing what they needed to do all weekend, I thought, on, on the mound. Yeah, and I think you and I actually chatted about it a little too, that the wind was blowing out in Blacksburg this weekend. I think on one of the games I saw it was 10 miles. It was a launching paddle. Yeah, to left center. So um, I think VT, VT got its share of home runs. The, their, little, uh, their cute little hammer was out in full effect, and uh, I thought Florida State had the, uh, maybe the best shade on Sunday after the win. Got to give credit to uh, the Florida State marketing staff. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to FSU baseball. Um, the only, the only like maybe tip we'll give you about it and maybe just kind of giving you some context is Virginia tech. Um, they have a sledgehammer that they toss to the batter who hit a home run and the whole team gathers around. And as they toss him the sledgehammer, he brings it down and, uh, makes a, a hammering motion with it. It's kind of cool once, like it looks cool once. And if it was a big moment, great. Um, after you do it about five times, it gets kind of old. I, and I I loved when they did it down five to four in the eighth inning of a game, and then and then they lose that game. So then on Sunday, I think they hit a homer down and they didn't do it, and that was kind of funny to see. And um, that that was one of my better favorite, more favorite moments of the weekend when they didn't do the hammer after a home run. It was just Florida State had silenced them at that point. Yeah, I mean it's a gimmick. It's no different than like a turnover change ch- turnover chain. Uh, that the turnover backpack yeah the back gosh not the backpack um yeah so they do it florida state had some shade after they won the series i thought it was pretty funny anyway moving on uh the Knowles win that one six to four we go to saturday we don't really need to touch too much on this um Knowles lose five to nothing you know only three hits uh did see a more positive trend only 10 strikeouts um, on the afternoon, but it really was. You got to give, you know, as Mike Martin used to say, Elevens used to say, tip your cap, right? Chris Gerard was fantastic. He's their best pitcher. And uh, the Knowles really didn't have much in the tank, but I thought Bryce Hubbard and the rest of the staff did a good job too. Only gave up four hits total, um, and I believe they only gave up two earned runs. So this was really a pitcher's duel in every sense. Give the credit to the pitching for Florida State. They kept you in it. Bryce Hubbard, I think. Um, solidified his spot in the rotation, at least for another weekend with a, a pretty good start. And uh, the Knowles just couldn't get it done at the plate. Yeah, and Florida State put themselves in a hole early with errors, too. Um, you know, I think they had two unearned, run in that, unearned runs in that first inning. I um, mean, you just couldn't get any of the production from those guys that we talked about, two through five in the lineup, combined one for 15. You know, if FSC doesn't get production from the reliable veterans, it's not going to be a very good season. And when they do, it's going to be a really good season. So, um, you know, when they don't, they might get shut out. That's just how the season's going to go, kind of. Um, but, you know, they still win the series. Um, you know, errors were frustrating that day. Um, you know, Nelly throws it a ball into right field. Uh, I mean, he left field on, on a guy stealing third with two outs, ends up scoring. Um, I thought I thought that Bryce Hubbard was really good again. I thought his stuff was on. Um, you know, I think, you know, they have that, that home run, that, and the guy kind of chirps him all the way around the bases like he's never hit a homer in his life before, and that kind of – frustrated Bryce and he kind of lost his um just kind of lost composure a bit after that but I mean I don't really know if you can blame him the way those guys were acting a bit and with the fans going crazy but um you know overall I thought Bryce threw the ball well only three hits still no walks the the hit by pitches with two strikes were frustrating but uh you know I think Bryce is leading the ACC in in batting average against by about 40 percentage points um you know he's been dominant all year um, and then, yeah, there was just nothing going on with the bats that day. And I thought Gerard threw the ball really well. Um, I don't love Florida State's matchups against lefty pitchers this year. And when they execute like Gerard was, I mean, there were a couple sliders he threw. I think Florida State had guys on first and second, no outs. And you had Albert and Mathis back-to-back, two lefties. And he basically threw them both perfect three-two sliders that neither of them ever had a chance to hit. So, like you said, it's kind of a day that you just tip your cap. Um, you know, you don't love the errors, um, but it's just a good pitching performance by them, really. 
I mean, Virginia Tech's a good baseball team too, right? Like they're going to win a game uh, in this series, and that's what makes the series win so impressive is Florida State went on the road against a legitimate top 20 team and won a game. Uh, Brett, you're raising your hand. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say there's a couple. I thought there were some other good things for Florida State. Um, you know, Clayton Kwiatkowski was good again. Um, no hits, two Ks, does his job out of the bullpen. I think they had uh, bases loaded or runners on the corners, and he limited the damage in the fifth inning. Um, I thought Brandon Walker, um, you know, showed for the second time this year that he can do things in big moments, um, you know, gets, gets them out of a jam in the seventh inning, I believe. They have bases loaded and one out, and he gets a ground ball to end the inning on a double play. Um, Dylan Simmons threw the ball for the first time this year, and he looked like he was – he was um, in command of his stuff on the mound and confident on the mound. So that was, that, that was a couple of good things I thought that Florida State did on the day. Yeah, also just three walks for the pitching staff to 10 strikeouts. You'll take that. Um, again, the Noles pitched well. They gave themselves a chance again in this one. And I think, you know, just you kind of give credit where it's due. Uh, Virginia Tech won a ball game. Yeah, at, I mean, Florida State only gave up two earned runs in that game. So Yeah, you lost a pitcher's duel. It happens. Yeah. Uh, then you move on to Sunday. This was a gut check type of game. And... Man, Florida State put its best performance together offensively all year. Um, it was a definite season high in hits. Um, we'd have to check back to last year to see how many hits Florida State had in a game um, last year. The Knolls got to be. It's got to be high. It's been a while. It's too. been a while um, since the Knolls hit the ball like this. Fourteen runs, eighteen hits, uh, hit a couple of home runs, eight extra base hits, and seven Ks. This is what, but this is what we've been kind of foreshadowing too is that the offense was coming. I thought against Virginia, we both talked about how they had some quality plate appearances. Don't um, know if we knew who. I don't think we could have predicted who it came from, though, exactly. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not, you know, and just to kind of correlate, because softball, something we want to talk about on here, too, going forward. Um, I was actually able to watch this final game of the series, but I couldn't watch the first couple games because softball was playing Arizona. Shout out, by the way, to Lonnie Alameda and that's in that uh, program. Two out of three against number two team in the country, Arizona Wildcats. That's how you do it. And the way, the reason I want to correlate that is I remember talking to Lonnie prior to those games, kind of just doing our, our broadcast meetings with her and, and some players. And she said that their offense had been struggling kind of similarly to the baseball program. And she said, we want to highlight, they had a team meeting and they wanted to get excited about what they call QPAs. And it's quality plate appearances. You don't have to get a base hit or hit a home run or any of that stuff to excite the dugout. Go back to the, f- the process and the fundamentals of having a quality at bat and get excited about that. And she felt like her team was kind of going there. And I thought Florida State, for the past couple of weeks, has kind of been building up as well. There were, and it broke out on Sunday. There were a couple examples of that exact thing on Sunday. I believe Robbie Martin had two line drives right back up the middle, but both into the shift. And I think both times you saw um, Tyler Holt really give him a pat on the back, and the whole dugout was clapping and stuff like that, energy, um, examples of that stuff, doing the little things right. I thought that was really good to see, and that was a big reason for the outburst that Florida State had, I thought. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it, it ends up correlating, and um, it opens up into a 14-run outburst, and that's what you wanted to see, and everybody was hitting on that day. I mean, it was awesome. Tyler Martin sets a new career high. Folks, he might be the best leadoff hitter in the ACC, quite potentially the country. Five for six. Four runs, an RBI. Virginia Tech's fans were calling him, you know, was it who's your daddy? Who's, who's just your make, daddy making now? fun of him all weekend, and he comes out and he kind of just, you know, kind of shows him up on Sunday. Five for six, man. Come on, that's a leadoff hitter right there. And um, Virginia Tech's got a new daddy. Let me tell you, <laughs> you got to give him credit. You know, Logan Lacy gets a couple of base hits. Um, Robbie Martin only goes one for five, but had five RBIs on the day. And let's talk about his at bat. I know this is kind of way down the line where he hits the grand slam. But uh, was it the ninth inning that he did? Yeah. That was the four spot in the ninth. Robbie Martin in that at bat, and we've been talking about how he started to try to go middle up, middle away the past couple of weeks. And in the at bat, he hit a home run foul that I think went just maybe like five feet to the left of the foul pole. And you and I both got excited watching that. We're like, that's this is a quality at bat no matter what. Then he takes another pitch left center for a home run. And you're like, crushed. that's the type of at bat that ignites a run for somebody who has pedigree, right? Like that moment that a hitter goes, oh, yeah, that's what it's like again. That, this is what I do, right? Like this is, this is who I am, and this is why I've been successful. I think Robbie Martin's about to break out of it um, in a big way. But that was such a huge at-bat, not only because Florida State gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth, but because where FSU has been as a lineup, they have different guys who I think they look to 
to ignite the rest of them. Robbie Martin's definitely one of them. Yeah, and I know some people had been talking about moving down Robbie in the lineup, but you just can't do it. I mean, you know it's going to come at some point. I'd asked me before the weekend if they I felt like he was going to break out, and he just said, you know, he's Robbie Martin. He's, it's going to happen. It's not about if, it's about when. Um, you know, he had, a, he had a hit in every single game in this series. Um, you know, he had hits taken away from the shift, too. I mean, that's one thing we're starting to see. Teams shift a lot now on him and Reese. But to see him start to go the other way because of those shifts, I think it's kind of helped him to realize what he can do going that other way. I think last weekend he drove the ball with authority to opposite field, and then, you know, he gets this homer to the opposite field. I mean, that ball was – it was crushed. I mean, it was a no-doubter opposite way. It's it's not an easy thing to do. Um, so to see him do that, uh, you know, it, it's another thing that just – it's it, it's a really good thing, not just for this weekend, but moving forward as well. Yeah, and you know, I think Florida State, they, they took the lead early in that one from the get-go, top of the first. How about Matt Nelson, man? That's how you get it started, three-run bomb yeah, to straight center. You know, he's, he's stepped up in big moments this year, you know, not necessarily with two outs, but he stepped up when Florida State needed a, you know, they needed a jolt. Um, you know, he had one against Pitt. Um, he had one against North Florida. Um, he's got four homers this year. He's got three of them are 400-plus, and three of them are 105-plus exit velocity. Um, you know, one for five on the day, but that homer was what Florida State really needed, and that started the whole thing. Um, you know, bottom of the first inning too, he had a he had a big play on a wild pitch and gunning a guy down at second base. Um, and I showed his athleticism behind the plate, showed his arm, and he was a bullet right right down and right on the money. Um, so just to see him step up and be the leader that they need, um, you know, it's a really positive thing. All right, big park. Uh, okay. big, big lineup shake, big park in the lineup. Oh, my God. Where, where has he been our entire life? Where's, where's Parker Messick been? Not only – you can ask Brett. I was, I was man-crushing over here in his house watching this game. Every, I was like – I was crowning Parker Messick Golden Spikes Award winner, <laughs> the, the next big thing. Are you kidding me? First career at bat at Florida State is an oppo taco? What? Hey, who called it? You did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I saw the lineup, I was like – what is I? What is going on? Um, you know, I, I personally, I I was thinking, you know, Parker Messick can hit. I mean, he did it in high school. He hit a bomb in high school in state semi game that left the Twins spring training st- stadium. Um, the kid can hit, but my thing was he hasn't seen live at bats in a while. And you know, it's your Friday ace. How how much do you want to put your Friday ace out there and put him in, in harm's way? You, you know, we talked about it throughout the whole game. I think at this point. He's got to be in there. He's got to be in that lineup uh, when he's not pitching, at least when they're facing righties. Um, you know, he can do damage. He, you know, he put the ball in play five out of five times. Um, you know, he walked once. Um, you know, it's just – and he's hard contact too. And then, you know, Wyatt Corral goes in there as well. And, you know, he had a nice day, I thought. He's an athletic kid. Um, you know, he had a couple of misreads in the outfield, but they haven't been practicing hitting or playing in the outfield. So – you know, it's. I know. I asked Parker yesterday, when was the last time you had a live at bat? And he said, not since the last game in high school, which is about 21 months ago. So he set the bar pretty high for himself now that he's going to see um, some live pitching going forward. It sounds like they're both going to stay out there. Uh, you know, Crowell had some nice swings, had a, had a single up the middle. Um, and he's, he's, you know, he pinch ran on Friday, I think it was. So he's obviously a kid that can, has some wheels, can do things for them in, in different ways. I love this change of heart that you're having here over the last 24 hours because uh, I seem to remember being the one who had to convince you that you need Parker Messick in the lineup well, going forward. I, I can think for a little. I just let me. I had some time to mull over it. You did. I was. I was immediately sold. <clears throat> I mean, come on, Parker. It's just the that two I don't, outs. I don't. It's not something that you love having to do. I don't is care. putting your ace out there. You put every your day. Be, you put your best guys in the lineup. Florida State's done it with Tyler Well, that, that was my other thing. I think that a lot of people said that Mike McGee, was, they've done it. I think a lot of people were saying that Meat was trying to send a message. I don't know if it was as much of a message as it was putting your very best guys out there. I mean, it, after after Saturday it really couldn't get worse and it was kind of a you know, let's try something new. Let's see if this works. And it definitely clicked for them. I mean, this is the definition of clicking. So yeah. I think for now, you got to stick for, with stick with it at least. You know, as a coach, when you make some of these decisions that raise eyebrows, you're like hoping, you know, you're confident on it the was, surface, right? You're confident on the surface, but internally, you're hoping this really pays off because you're either going to look really good or really bad. And he looked really good because Parker Messick did his thing. Crowell had a base hit. Um, it really paid off for Meat. It was a well-managed series by Meat all weekend. I think it was the best 
series he's managed as a head coach. Um, Good job by the whole staff of keeping that team in it, Um, you know, especially with that crowd there and keeping them together as a team. Um, The whole coaching job was, was well done, I thought. Um, but, you know, he hit on all his moves on Friday and, you know, on all his moves on Saturday. Um, you know, he hit on his moves out of the pen for the most part on, on, on Saturday. I, I, I guess Friday and Sunday he hit on every single move. Hit on most of his moves on Saturday, but just didn't get the offense when he needed it. But overall, it was a really well-managed series, I think, and a really positive thing to see him make some really good in-game moves. Yeah, you know, I'm actually interested for Crowell and um, for, for Messick and for Parker because – they they kind of were able to punk Virginia Tech with these moves, right? Like Virginia Tech didn't really have time or really any, you know, pedigree to kind of go off of. Like these are yeah. these are completely new. I'm interested to see like once what, what happens report, when teams get sky. Yeah, because yeah, people That's are going to the... start pitching to Parker Messick now. You mm-hmm. he's opened some eyes, right? Like it's not going to be hey, just try and go up there like it's you know an MLB pitcher. And it it wasn't like it was it. just righty. I mean, he hit off lefties too. He was. Yeah. It's not like it was not like it was a huge swing just up yeah. there taking some slow pitch softball um, swings up there. I mean, it was a good swing. It's just, yeah, it's it, it's hard to take him out now that he's that he's shown it. Um, I think you got to leave him in there until he shows that he can't do it. Really, I think the two outs he made were a, a ground ball that he hit decent to first. That it was adva- productive out the yeah, ground ball. Advanced the runner, and then the last out he scorched it down the line, and the and the uh, first base made a nice play on it. I thought it was about to clear the bases because. Uh, it was hit pretty good, but good for you guys. Florida State, fourteen to yeah. seven. Shout outs to Nander DeSantis as well. Um, yeah, righty, righty, home run. I know that probably felt mm-hmm. good for him because he's worked really hard on kind of just getting to that right hand side and, and exclusively working from that side of the plate to get rewarded, man. You know, from the process, it, it has to feel amazing for him. And it, could it maybe spark? him going forward yeah and it's i mean he was three for five too i thought nanner had been putting together good good at bats really the whole year um you know it hadn't really showed off for him yet but um i thought he had a hard contact coming in and finally some balls started to drop for him and to see him take a two strike um at the slider that was I, i'm pretty sure it was off the plate too i mean he crushed that ball i was pretty much a no doubter um to see the power start to play i think it was his first homer since his since his freshman year i mean he had no extra base hits last year at all so to see this power start to play and especially like you said against the righty and a righty righty slider that that's another really good sign yeah awesome stuff for DeSantis, who i thought you know he had he was a mixed bag in the field um i thought he had some errors that shouldn't have been errors i thought he had plays that um, were kind of unnecessary, but um, you know he had some big plays as well. I think he had one on a slow roller coming in um, in a big moment that he made a nice play. Um, you know, the diving play up the middle didn't go for an out, but you know saved the run with a guy on second coming around. Um, you know, it, it's it's still a lot better than last year. It wasn't as good this weekend, but um, I think when you ha- when you play in that atmosphere a little bit, it's gonna it's gonna shake you a little bit at first, but once you start to settle in, it, it, it's gonna be better. Yeah, let's also give a shout-out to Vince Smith. Two for four for the Rook, uh, an RBI. and um, Two yeah. for four for Lacey. I mean, there's a lot, there's lots of sh- – it's basically everybody in here. you, you got a shout-out for you, you have 18 hits. The chances are your entire lineup uh, deserves a shout-out. Uh, good work from the Knowles, man. Um, I actually thought pitching was solid, too, for most of the afternoon. Um, veteran why, pitchers really stepped up in big moments. Connor really provided that stability in that presence – he went five innings, gave up um, five hits and three earned runs. That really came, I think, what the second or third time through the order. Their third time through the order, yeah. And they started to figure two. Connor. They started getting some bat on ball, but Connor again, the off speed looked really sharp. He had a big strikeout looking when Virginia Tech was threatening um, there in the middle innings, and then uh, yeah, the Knowles just pitched well all weekend. I it was, thought it was all weekend. I just felt like it was clutch ounce. Um, you know, just guys stepping up in big moments, and I thought that was impressive, especially in the atmosphere they were in and. You know, it's not always about um, it, it's not always about the pitches you make. It's about when when you make the pitches and when you make the big pitches. Um, and they, they really made it count this weekend. I thought on the mound. Yeah. So Florida State gets the sweep. Um, no. I think we series win. Sorry, excuse me. The series win. I'm getting. I'm thinking about Virginia. Uh, the Knowles take the series um, against uh, Virginia Tech. Two out of three and two out of three against Virginia. Um, my mind's all boggled from from going all over the place this weekend, but. Um, nonetheless, good stuff from FSU. They're now six and six on the year, four and five in the ACC. We talked about after getting swept by Pitt, it was going to have to be a gradual work back to 500 in the ACC. Um, there are repercussions to getting swept um, any weekend. So good, there's not really any teams pulling away in their division yet, at least. Yeah. That's the good thing. And, you know, it's kind of just 
a big jumble right now in the ACC, I think. Yeah, and you know, uh, shout out to uh, Florida State's SID Stephen McCartney for putting together the stat that you know FSU and ACC play um, ERA, I believe, of like two seventy nine, and uh, they are far and away the best pitching staff so far through conference play. I think Duke is like three seven nine or something like that. It's like almost a full run uh, in ACC play. So he yeah, came I mean, up. Florida State's seventeenth in the country with eleven Ks per nine. Um, you know, I think they're pretty high. I think they're twenty eighth and. Hits allowed per nine. I mean, I mean, once once we've started throwing strikes the last couple of weeks, it's it's been it's been a really dominant staff, and they're really starting to show not just their dominance but also depth. You know, a lot of guys are really starting to step up. These veteran guys are starting to step up. Um, you know, your Jack Andersons are throwing the ball better. Better. Um, you know, Clayton Kwiatkowski's been great all year. Jonah's throwing the ball better. Um, you know, it's just really good to see all these guys um, really starting to click and starting to click in that AAA three four K motto. I feel like uh, if we do positives and negatives from the weekend, we've already given you pretty much all our positives. Um, and, Brett, you feel free to add a few more. But for me, the negatives, um, the fielding wasn't great. I think it was seven errors total on the weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. I did. Maybe it's eight. I don't even want to. This, uh, three, the, three. This, the scorekeeper at, this, at, at Virginia Tech was something yeah, else, by the way. And, you know, you know, I mean, no, you know, first base, Tyler Martin struggled a little bit at first, but – not to make an excuse for, for the fielding, but folks, when you go from natural grass to artificial surface, which is what Virginia Tech had um, all over the field, it, it can be a bit of a shock initially. Um, so I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to put too much of an emphasis on it or, or maybe make excuses for the defense, but it is different. So I think it's, you know, to be I, announced and, and to be seen because they, they fielded really well against Pitt and Virginia. Yeah, I thought Tyler Martin looked uncomfortable a lot on grounders this weekend. Um, you know, there were a couple that kind of looked like off the end of the bat and just spinners, and, you know, he kind of tried to rush him, and the ball ends up kicking away from him. Um, you know, that's a little worrisome, but he did have a good weekend um, picking the ball off that turf. Uh, but the, the, the ground balls, the struggles with ground balls is, is a little bit worrisome. Um, I don't really know if Florida State has another option at first base right now. It's Dylan Simmons struggling. Um, and then, you know, I don't think you want to put Parker Messick in the field. Like we talked about, you don't want to put too much on him right now as your ace. Um, you know, I thought Elijah Cabell really struggled in the field this weekend. He just he kind of struggled overall. That was one of my negatives. Um, you know, Florida State isn't going to reach their ceiling unless Elijah Cabell is, is, is being the best Elijah Cabell he can, can be. And I think the only way for Cabell to get better is, is to get live looks. You know, he didn't have any, any fall or spring live looks. So, you know, it might be tough to watch right now, but but they, I think they got to keep running him out there and giving him opportunities to right himself and, um, you know, just start to get more comfortable in everything he's doing. I think another negative for me is not the way he played, but um, losing Reese Albert. Um, yeah. It looks like, you know, he hit his head on the wall. Was it on Sunday? I yeah. believe it was Sunday. And um, Mike Martin Jr. said he's out a while. And this is, unfortunately, Florida State's about to play Florida and then go play Miami. Um, if Reese can't go against uf or well it looks like he's not going to go against uf and if he can't go against miami which it sounds like he's out for miami as well i hate that for him personally and his family because reese albert loves florida state and loves being a Seminole, and i can't even imagine like missing his final home game against uf and not being able to play his final series against the canes like that that sucks and, and, you know, I know Reese, if, if he listens or his family listens, like, I'm really sorry. Like, that sucks. And, you know, Reese is like, he's the veteran on the offensive side. He's the guy that keeps those guys going. He's the one that puts them in line. Um, you know, he's the Chase Haney on that side of the ball. Um, so it's going to be tough for Florida State against in these rivalry matchups to not have Reese Albert in there. And I was super stoked to see the video that, you know, Florida State put out after the win on Friday. And Reese is, like, running in from center. and He was good. He, he was, was juiced, man. I mean, he was – He was dropping some words. He was he was just excited. But that's – isn't that something that we've been kind of asking for for – I, I know, like seeing that kind of stuff. At least early on. I don't like seeing guys randomly chirp running around bases after your first ever home run since Little League or whatever you're hitting. But – you know, to see guys give it to their own teammates and just get guys going in their own dugout. And I don't need you chirping the other team and giving teams a reason to be pissed off. Um, you know, I think Florida State took this weekend's, you know, the crowd. I think they took what Virginia Tech was giving them. They kind of used it as motivation and fire for themselves rather than, um, you know, they could have pouted. They could have um, started to get really sloppy. But I think, I think they kept themselves composed for most of the weekend and just used it as fire. And, you know, it, it was good to see all around, you know, just kind of – you know what? Screw your hammer. We're we're gonna we're gonna hammer we're gonna hammer home a series win. That was really good to see. I'm gonna hammer your off speed pitches, man. Like you want to hang something, we'll bang them. So I mean, 
good for the Knolls. Um, I'm really excited for them. Um, again, hopefully Reese gets back quickly. Um, I'm hoping it's not as bad um, as it looked. I mean, he had goggles on. He had those concussion goggles on. It looked like um, for the rest of the game when he had to come back out and just sit in the dugout. Yeah, that's so. what. Yeah, it's, he's a, like officially concussed is what the injury is. So he's probably out. I mean, it, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and speculate, but um, probably not going to have him um, for a little bit. And so Florida State's going to have to step it up. There's going to have to be some other guys that you know bring the energy. And, and there are guys in that dugout that are more than capable. And we saw it all weekend. Um, so Florida State. Two out of three. I did want to, before we move on to, to the UF preview a little bit, um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that Florida State being on the road this weekend at Virginia Tech was good for them? Just being together, you know, on like kind of a, a business trip, having a, a mission that everyone's on the same page away from Tallahassee and maybe some distractions that could always be um, when you're at home and, and sleeping in your own beds. But um, it felt like Florida State and really the last time we saw that was, was a while ago, uh, kind of went in together with one plan and they executed and they came home victorious. Yeah. I think it was good to see them really take on the underdog, uh, mentality and, and, and just a team that looked like they were there, there to get something done. Um, they brought the energy all weekend for themselves. I thought, um, you know, when they did good things, the energy in the dugout was high. Um, you know, when they hit homers, you got guys out there, um, you know, even when Elijah Cabell, wasn't playing or I know when, um, you know, Lacey pinch hit for him and hit the homer. Elijah was one of the first guys out of the dugout and congratulating him. And, you know, they just looked like a team that all they cared about this weekend was winning. And that, that's just what you want to see. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it probably was a good thing. Um, and, you know, that's I think that's the tough, toughest atmosphere Florida State going to play in this season, at least for the regular season, for sure. Yeah, and we'll see what Miami looks like next weekend. I'm not sure that they're even allowing fans in right well, now. Well, it's just, I mean, their, their student section was right behind home plate. And, I mean, they were in, insane. I mean, it sounded like they were all at least 15 beers deep or something. <laughs> probably probably were. Um, all right, moving forward, big win for Florida State over the weekend. And uh, now we look forward to uh, something that's a little more personal, right? The, the matchup against UF, everyone remembers the Knowles closing down McEathan Stadium with a 2 nothing win. Uh, very unfortunate for Florida baseball that uh, your final game in your own stadium ends in a loss. That, that sucks. Um, hate to see it. But now Florida State and Florida get to play again at Hauser, and they switched it around this year. It was uh, usually Florida State goes to Gainesville first, and then Jacksonville, and then Tallahassee. Well, Jacksonville's not happening this year, and the, uh, the schools agree to flip-flop. And so the Knowles will get the first dibs. So that's Tuesday, 7 o'clock. There's been a game time change due to uh, national TV. That'll be 7 p.m. on the ACC network. And um, I feel like we could give the same preview on Florida every single year. Uh, they're really good. I mean, that's, that's the facts. That's true. Uh, they're 13-4 and four overall. I believe they just came off a series win against JU. Um, they aren't really battle-tested so far this year. The SEC's done something where... Um, you're not really playing, uh, you're not playing your conference schedule. I don't believe until next weekend, maybe it is this weekend coming up, but it's later than the ACC and, uh, Florida has, you know, the only real series they played all year, they lost two of three to the Miami hurricanes at home. So, um, by the way, Virginia tech beat Miami two out of three in Coral Gables. So how good is this UF team? I, I think really good. The chance, the, the, the chances are that they're probably legitimately one of the best five teams in baseball. Um, but they're going to come in. It's a rivalry game, Brett, and uh, you got uh, a couple of newcomers on the mound for both teams. Yeah, so Carson Montgomery is going to start for Florida State. Mike Martin Jr. said yesterday, um, you know, Carson hasn't thrown since that last um, start that he had um, way back when. And second week of the season, Saturday, um, you know, just struggled to uh, command his stuff all around. Um, just kind of lost his release point. So, you know, that, that will be the key for him, especially with the slider, to find that release point early because this is a Florida lineup that takes advantage of, of mistakes. Um, this is a Florida State – I mean, this is a Florida lineup that takes advantage of, of fastballs. Um, so Montgomery's going to have to have all four of his pitches working to work around this, this Florida lineup. And I think Florida's going to be a team that is coming in with a full focus on this game, not really thinking about anything else. They're definitely going to want some revenge after last year and Florida State breaking the streak, especially ending – um, you know, McKeith and Stadium, Stadium there. Um, so I, this is a, Florida State's got to be ready for this one. You know, Garrett Milchin will be on the mound for, for Florida. Um, he's a guy that's going to throw strikes, attack the zone, um, probably go three or four innings for them. I don't think he usually goes more than two times through the lineup and they match up the rest of the game. Um, I don't really know how Florida State plans on using Montgomery, if they plan on using him 
um, like it's a weekend start or if they're going to try to match up for a lot of the game. Um, you know, going into the season, Mita kind of said they wanted to try to use openers and match up. Uh, but I think they want to. I think they want to let Carson dictate the way they they play this game out. Um, you know, I. Florida State's got to come in with a full focus and, uh, you know, kind of bounce back quick after traveling home last night. So, you know, it's an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at UF's schedule right now, and basically they've played a midweek schedule on the weekends. Um, they've got JU for three. They, you know, the JU three times, Georgia, uh, excuse me, at Florida A. They played FAMU three times, um, Samford three times, um, and Miami being, again, like the only series um, that – you know, right now I think is worth noting on their schedule. They did beat UNF twice, nine to six and eight to three. That's a common opponent for Florida State. Um, they lost to FAU on the midweek, three to two in ten innings, and uh, JU did knock them off on a, on Friday night in uh, in Gainesville. So um, it's definitely not a Florida team, in my opinion, that's unbeatable. Um, but especially on a midweek game, but. Their lineup's impressive, and that's I look through it, and there's a lot of bats. They got numerous guys hitting 300. Um, they've got power all the way through. They've got good eyes at the plate. They get on base, and uh, Milchin doesn't walk a lot of people. Six foot five, and you know one walk to ten strikeouts in nine innings. O'Sullivan knows the book. I think against Florida State in the past has been you want to try and compete by attacking the strike zone. We'll see if Meat kind of unleashes the hounds a little bit earlier in counts, the way we saw against Virginia Tech. Florida State was being a little more aggressive. But for the Seminoles, when you play the Gators, you can pretty much throw records out the window because that, that becomes a mental battle. And I thought Florida State really got a monkey off its back last year by just kind of showing the roster that, you know, you don't automatically lose to Florida when you come to Florida State. Like that, I'm not, and, and again, that might be a little harsh to say it that way, but that kind of was like the permeating thought was like, man, when are they going to ever beat Florida again? When are they ever going to do it? And for them to be able to not just win, but shut them out and the way they did it, and this entire roster pretty much was there for it, I think that that mental edge is, you know, back to Florida State. Like, they're not going to be intimidated playing UF. It's about playing clean baseball. Don't give the Gators extra outs. Montgomery needs to hit his spots. And, you know, I, I expect a competitive game tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one to be at, um, a good atmosphere. Um, like you said, this Florida team can really hit, um, really, really can hit. You know, I think six of their starters are going to have 300-plus batting averages, 300, 303 as a team, nearly a 900 OPS, um, you know, 23 homers. Um, you know, obviously, if Judd Fabian is going to – he's got power-speed combo. Um, you know, Jacob Young, top of the lineup, is just as good as a, of a leadoff hitter as Tyler Martin is, um, super speedy guy. Um, you know, this is a one through nine that's going to be really, really tough for Florida State to get around. But, you know, you, you do have a weekend caliber starter on the mound for Florida State. Um, you know, I think Florida's going to know who's on the mound. They're going to know it's Carson Montgomery. They're going to know it's a top prospect. So they're, they're going to be out there to prove something themselves. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be the, the midweek matchup to watch in the country tomorrow. Yeah, and I actually I think I'm going to echo your thoughts here on how Florida State might attack Florida um, pitching wise. You're going to let if if Montgomery is dealing, he's going to go a, a normal start. I, I really believe that, and I think in a normal midweek game, not Florida, you might see some of these younger arms used. I, I fully expect Kwiatkowski, Haney, Scalaro. It, it's going to be Florida State's going to have its top guns go at UF because I know Mike Martin Jr wants to beat Florida. That's big for him. It's big for recruiting in this state. They have said time and time again that they want to be able to retake the state of Florida um, in recruiting. And so um, this is a big one. I think it has a, a super regional-like feel always. You want to take it. And um, I expect a decent crowd on hand from, from FSU fans. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. It doesn't really get better than Knowles and Gators, um, really, in any sports, um, especially baseball. Maybe maybe Knowles and Canes in baseball is, a, is, is fun when both teams are really good. But this is as good as it gets, 7 p.m., nationally televised, and uh, I believe uh, both Brett and I will be there, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Knowles can keep the uh, bragging rights going until these two teams meet again in Gainesville um, a little bit later this season. Brett, anything else you want to add on UF or questions? I'm good. Uh, we've got some, a couple questions? questions, I yeah. believe, on the Twitter. Uh, let me pull them up real quick. I know one of them is, again, from my mom. Um, shout out, my mom. Um, but um, got another one here as well. Um, it says, what was more important this weekend? Um, what made more of a difference 
meets moves or the or the pitching staff continually limit, limiting uh, and and avoiding runs scored. Um, you know, I thought I would probably say the pitching staff continually limiting limiting and avoiding runs just because you know it, it ignites a team when you get out of a jam like that. Um, you know, it ignites um, it really ignites pitchers, gives them confidence, not just for that game but moving forward as well you know i think it will this i think sunday will really help chase start to look more like chase you know strike out strike out strike out um you know jonah and clayton both got their jobs done um you know connor's connor um you know davis gets the game gets the ends the game there again um you know seeing davis do what he's done so far this year is a really good sign for florida state um going into last year i thought he should have been the closer but he struggled and struggled to get his splitter down but this year he's really been on top of his stuff and when his stuff is there um you know he's really he's really hard for teams to pick up and uh you know hit that splitter so that's been good to see um you know obviously the the lineup moves made a difference um you know i think for the weekend, I would say that the the difference, the biggest difference, was probably the, the the timely outs. But going forward, those lineup changes that Meet made, and you know, seeing what guys could do, um, that's going to be a big a big thing long term for Florida State. Um, you know, seeing Messick uh, going forward in the lineup, and probably Crowell as well with with Albert Hurt. Yeah, and I think you and I preached patience, right? The especially early on when the results weren't what Florida State wanted, we said. Typically, whatever lineup you see on opening day is not the lineup that ends up settling in by mid-March or early April. Um, you're starting to see some trends for Florida State. There will be some some things that are starting to kind of settle. And I do believe, though, to answer your mom's question, though, that this this pitching staff is this pitching staff is the anchor of of this program. Like I think this pitching staff is the foundation on which FSU wants to build. Um, Mike Martin Jr. didn't just throw out he thinks this is this is one of the best pitching staffs in the country just because he felt like saying it. He truly believed it. And Brent, you covered them every day, right? Like uh, you saw it in fall and early in spring. Like these kids deal. Like there is some really good stuff. And Florida State has depth. They have options. They can match up with pitchability. They can bring heat. They can bring experience or new guys. And I think we've seen a little bit of everything. And so I am pumped for what Florida State will do this year. I really am. I'm excited because this this staff, if you can pitch, you have a shot in every game. And against Virginia, you had a shot to sweep them um, because the staff gave you a chance. Against Virginia Tech, your your staff gave you a chance for a big series win, and you're going to need them. There's going to be some tough matchups coming up, man. Miami, at Miami, is going to be tough. Louisville is going to be tough. Georgia Tech's going to be tough. You've got some really big matchups, some really big opportunities, and you're going to rely on the one, cons- you know, the one constant to be consistent, and that's your staff. So um, I don't know if I really even answered a question there. I just uh, saw an opportunity to praise the pitching staff, but um, back to you, Brett. Yeah, well, that one came from Hoochie Noel, actually. Oh, I thought you said that was um, your mom. I, my mom's question is, is upcoming, but that was oh. from Aspiring Greenskeeper for the Sod Cemetery. I apologize, I know you, I know you like that, that username. I apologize, Hoochie Noel. Um, Good question. Another question from Matt at MWP401 was, question going forward will be um, aberration due to no starting pitching for VT or have guys just figured it out at the plate, do you think? You want to take that one first? Is it, This is the question? Okay. The, the, from Mom, sorry. No, no, from Matt at you MWP. Said you, two, you said you had two questions only. There's three, actually. Three. I can't count. Okay. We already figured out that we don't know math. Man, my brain, I'm not all here. Um, repeat the question. Question going forward, aberration due to no starting pitcher for Virginia Tech or have guys figured it out at the plate? Um, well, I actually think Virginia Tech's two starting pitchers on Friday and Saturday were pretty darn good. Um, two lefties that uh, – part of the reason, by the way, Virginia Tech has, I don't want to say maybe surpassed expectations or they've been off to a nice start is because they've been better on the mound than I think people thought they would be. Um, I think everyone knew that they would hit. They had some really nice bats that were coming back and they added a few more. Um, but their pitching was solid. I thought FSU did take advantage of their bullpen a little bit, and I think it's a mixture of both. I, I think, you know, maybe VT doesn't have the best depth of a pitching staff that, you know, FSU's going to see this season, certainly not as good as what they saw against Virginia or, or maybe even Pitt, but the bats are coming to life, and it's part of what we talked about with Robbie Martin's approach going the other way. Reese getting a fastball that he knew he could handle and just absolutely ob- obliterated it. Maybe the insertion of uh, of Parker Messick gives you some life and some energy. Uh, Matt Nelson starting to feel pretty good at the plate, and Tyler Martin is a, is constant. I mean, that kid's going to hit. If he finishes the season below 300, I will be shocked. I mean, he he is a pure hitter. So 
yeah, you know, to answer his question, I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of both, but the Knowles bats are definitely coming, coming to play. I think we're seeing guys take on the approach a little more, um, a little more, a lot more aggression this weekend. I thought um, a lot more swings to the opposite field. Um, I just think it has a lot to do with that. And, you know, meat, meat's never really going to change his approach. It's just about guys really buying into it and actually putting it into play um, in the box. And I think that's what you saw a lot more this weekend, especially on Friday and Sunday. Um, this is my mom's question. All right. We are finally to my mom's question. Um, why not DH T-Mart with his struggles in the field? And she also asked, do you ever rest to me? Well, I'll let you answer that part. I barely ever do. Um, yeah, not much more to that. Uh, got some naps in yesterday um, after celebration at Gordo's, so that was nice. But um, to answer the T-Mart question, I just don't, like I said earlier, I don't think Florida State really has – Many options at first base right now defensively just because of Simmons' struggles. Um, it, it, it's hard to find somebody else in there to go play first base um, and, and still get him in the lineup and get Parker Messick in the lineup going forward. So I just think it's, it's a thing where, you know, a guy's just got to play better defensively. Um, you know, Tyler's never going to come out of this lineup, and I don't really think I, – I personally, I would not want to put Messick in the field, not because I don't think he can do it, I think Parker Manson can do a lot of things just because of his mentality and the things he the things he always wants to do. But um, I just don't think you want to put your pitcher in harm's way any more than 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 you already have to. Ditto. I think you nailed it. I mean, that's that's as good of an explanation as as you can give, and it's spot on. So, do you ever rest? Um, sometimes, not recently. It's March. We don't rest in March. No, you sleep in May, right? Per John Rothstein, uh, who's the college basketball guy, we sleep in May. Um, but yeah. Good, I think good episode here, Brett. Um, always more fun after a big series win. The mood was definitely pretty high um, around FSU baseball. And uh, it'll be even better if they beat Florida at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. So, all right, y'all, please continue to ask us some questions. Um, drop them in the comment section below on Brett's articles on TN. And um, please review us on Apple Pods, on Spotify, on Google Pods. And uh, five stars if you can. Share this with your friends. Let them know if you like it. Let them let your friends know who love FSU baseball about um, what we've been able to do here. And uh, the numbers on the listens here have been impressive and, and we're really thankful. So uh, until next time, we will be in touch. Hopefully the Knowles knock off the Gators and the Canes. Um, we will preview that Miami series later on this week. Should be a lot of fun in Coral Gables. So until then, uh, Aria and Brett go Knowles. And we'll talk to you next time. If I want it, I'm going to get it, get it right. Swiss, 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 Swi